Hi, it's Marion Ellis here, and welcome to the Surveyor Hub podcast, Business Bite Size, where we talk about being in the business of surveying. Would you like to share and write more technical content, perhaps to promote your business or share technical content and thought leadership with a wider audience? Maybe you want your voice to be heard because you have some really important stuff to say. And I think surveyors and valuers absolutely have a lot of good stuff to share that can make the world a better place. But it's not easy. It's a skill to learn. And in today's Business Bite Size podcast, I chat to Stacey Meadwell, former B2B property journalist and editor who now works with businesses in the built environment sector, helping them to create content. And I started by asking her, is there a difference between writing for a digital publication and a hard copy magazine? There's a difference, not a difference in the content and what you're actually writing about, but actually the style is different. If you think about when people are reading digital content, they might be reading it on their phone, they might be reading it on a tablet, they might be reading it on a laptop. And it's very important to make it easily readable, which by which I mean short sentences, short paragraphs, big blocks of text are really, really difficult to read. And also people tend to skim read online more than they do in print. So you want to make it Having more par- shorter paragraphs makes it easy for people to skim. You want to drop in some subheads, some little kind of subheadings uh, throughout, you know, that will just draw the eye and hopefully draw people in. Because if you think, if you are reading something that's in a magazine, you've got a headline, you've normally got like a subhead, you've normally got a picture with a caption, you've normally got a box or something. There's all these different things that are drawing people in and keeping people invested in that bit of content. It's much harder on digital because you haven't got that nice layout. So in terms of the actual what you write about, no, it's exactly the same. But just think about the fact that somebody might be reading on the phone. So if you've got like huge, big paragraphs, it's going to make it very difficult for people to read. Um, So keep it short sentences, short paragraphs, try and break it up with some subheads. Don't forget about pictures and stuff. Again, these, again, are ways of drawing people and keeping their attention but you are fighting for attention in a lot in a much bigger way than you are with print because someone sat down with an article to read it or they've sat down with a publication to read it whereas normally digital they're normally skimming through and seeing a headline click on it am i interested no i'm not i'm clicking away so you've just got to work that bit harder the other thing i would say is if you're writing when you're writing headlines don't be clever with puns think of what people would search for I learned this the hard way when I first started writing theatre reviews for my theatre blog. Coming from a magazine background, we had very kind of stylistic, quite clever headlines, but they worked when you've got a picture and a subheading and various other things helping support that headline. But online, you don't have that. And think about what people are going to search. And, you know, I was doing these great, really kind of clever headlines, but then I couldn't find any of my content because none of it was coming up because I didn't mention review. I didn't mention the name of the theatre. I didn't mention the name of the play sometimes. And and so you can't, if you, somebody's go, searching for a review of a particular play, they're going to search for review of 
you know, the caretaker or whatever it is or Hamlet. And so think about when you are writing your headlines is I, I call them Ron Seal headlines. They need to have the keywords in there that people will search for. And they, they need to be self-explanatory. You need to be able to take that head on. I call it the, when I'm doing my training, I call it the Twitter test or the tweet test. If you take just the headline and imagine it as a tweet on its own, would someone know what that is about? And if you can't tell what, what your article is about just from the headline alone, then it's not going to work as a headline because people will scan down headlines or headlines will come up in search results. They're going to click on the one, you know, they're not going to click on something because they think, oh, this might be interesting. Well, I wonder what this is about. People haven't got the time. So it needs to be quite Ronseal, does what it says on the tin, tells people what it what the headline is about. Well, LinkedIn and social media is a good place to start. And I would advise starting small if you are no- nervous, and it can be nerve-wracking putting your head above the parapet and putting your opinion out there. And by starting small, what I mean is start off with comments. If you're on LinkedIn, comments on people's posts, say, I mean, I'm not talking about saying really interesting article, say something meaningful, say why it was interesting. If you've got a question or you've gotten, you think there's an additional point. I mean, obviously don't be a troll and say you're talking rubbish or be horrible, but you know, if you've got something meaningful to add in the same way that you would have a conversation with somebody about something, if you're having a conversation about a particular topic, and you've got something meaningful to add or something insightful to add, start start there and get used to kind of get used to commenting on posts and articles on LinkedIn or you know on Twitter. You can do it. obviously it's much tweets are much shorter, and that's kind of like a nice once you get comfortable with that, then you can then move up to posting and maybe start off with just doing LinkedIn posts. I mean, they've increased the word count on LinkedIn posts now, so you can write much longer, but there's also art LinkedIn articles. So if you want to then, if you start off with posts, which can be quite short and, and pithy, and then move up to move up to articles. And it's just a way of building your confidence. I mean, I had exactly the same thing. I really, it took me a while to kind of find my voice on LinkedIn and get confident about actually putting my views out there because, you know, I came from a background of working for a business, working for a particular brand. And so you can kind of like hide behind that. But when it was just me putting my opinion and my views out there, it was terrifying. So I would take it in small steps, start off with commenting and and putting a comment on a post. And the great thing about that is that can lead into ideas because it might be once you get used to commenting on stuff, it might be that you put a short comment on a post about a particular topic. You think, actually, I've got more to say on this. Write a post about it and you can reference the original author who kind of brought the topic up and you can just expand on what you were going to say. So it's kind of like a little stepping stone. And then from there, you can then move into sort of longer articles, but start small. And it doesn't have to be straight into, this is my opinion, going straight out into fight mode, unless it's something you feel very strongly about, of Mm -hmm. course. You can almost sort of pose the question, ask a question even, what do people think? You, You can still have a poster an article that has you as the authority but all the content or discussion comes from others absolutely and a lot of people forget that social media is not about broadcasting it's about a conversation and treat it as such as you say ask questions you know engage in that way 
it might be that you you know you're interested in learning more about something and you can start a conversation going that way and also i think it makes you come across quite well if you're not somebody that's just spouting on the whole time going oh this is what i think on this if you're actually open about asking questions about you know showing that you're interested in understanding things more deeply and then that can spin off and give you ideas for stuff that you might want to talk about and go, well, this was interesting, but this got me thinking about this particular point and this is what I thought sort of thing. So it all kind of leads leads on. But I think you've hit the nail on the head there. It's key is don't treat social media like a broadcast. It's, it's a conversation. Treat it as you would if you were in a room full of people having a chat about stuff that's relevant to your industry and your business. A lot of the surveyors that I come across are very experienced in what they do. They've had lengthy careers and they you have a lot to give back, a lot of a lot of knowledge. And some of them then find themselves writing books, doing technical papers, that kind of thing. I'm really keen, and I think it's important that we change the demographics of what surveyor looks like. And so I'd like to see more people be visible. That's why I have a little get surveyors get visible masterclass that I run and I encourage people to, to put themselves out there. But I still, but I still sometimes look through the magazines, virtual or otherwise, and it's still heavily male-dominated of a certain suit, and uh, you know it's sort of very, very stereotypical. It wouldn't necessarily occur to surveyors to approach journalists or to get in in front of some of those sort of bigger industry magazines. How does somebody do that? How do you what? What are the angles and what do they need to know about journalists? Well, first of all, for speaking opportunities, there's an organisation. It was Women Talk Real Estate, but they've extended it to, I think it's Diversity and Women Talk Real Estate. And it's a platform where if you want to kind of be on panels, you, you register on there and you register what you can talk about. And I know more and more event organisers are going to that websites to find more diverse people to have on their panels too so that's that's one thing you can do that's you know once you start getting visible then you're more likely to you know you're you're coming you're being visible to journalists in terms of pitching to publications I mean there's two there's two ways you can do it if it's a publication that has comment pieces and this is when I say publications I'm also talking about websites as well because so much is digital now if they have a comment or opinion section, you can pitch an idea, have a look at the sort of things that they cover and the style and get in touch. They will, they will normally have names of the journalists and that. just get in touch and pitch your idea. I wouldn't go to the extent of actually writing something initially. I would just come up with a, some bullet points of the, of, of the angle. Key with this, having been on the receiving end of pitches, I used to edit a comment section for a while. So I was constantly having people pitching ideas. The key thing, and it sounds really obvious, is make sure you've got an opinion or you've got something to say. The number of people that used to basically pitch press releases, we're doing this and would you like me to tell you about it? And just like, no, there's got to be an opinion or a comment or a view and you know what, you know, you know, if you understand your industry, you know what the pain points are, you know what the issues are, you know what are the, the 
the things that people are talking about that are pertinent for that particular time. I mean, if you can be timely, you know, if you relate it to something sort of relevant, then great. Um, but just be aware of things like if things like the budget, there'll be a whole stack of people that have already got stuff lined up for that. So unless you can actually turn something around really, really quickly, and I'm talking about kind of that day, probably within an hour, don't even bother. It's no no point wasting wasting your time because you're not you're going to be competing with so many people. You know, I mean, I used to get emails from people pitching like comment pieces about the budget the day after. And it's just like, that's like, well, you know, that was all sorted within an hour of budget actually finishing. So, it, you know, it's it's done it's done and dusted by then. And a lot of people will, you know, a lot of publications, certainly um, EG would have people lined up already. They'd have big industry hitters already lined up to have comment pieces. So, but other stuff, I mean, and I think there's that the, you're pushing at an open door at the moment because a lot of publications are really under-resourced under at the moment and they need content. And if you can come up with a really good good angle, a really good opinion piece, a really good comment piece, I think there's a lot of opportunity to do that. The other thing to do, and I don't know how, I don't know how publications do it, but some some publications, some websites might have a forward features list. They might have a, a put out what articles and things they've got coming up. And if you have got something interesting to say on that particular topic, then you can pitch yourself to the journalist and say, look, I've got, I've got, I can tell, you know, I can talk about this, you know, I mean, give them something to so, you know, about what you can talk about. You've got to kind of sell it a little bit because sometimes, you know, I know we used to put out a synopsis and you get inundated with people and you're going to choose the people that have got an interesting angle or can come up with an interesting example or have got an interesting experience to share or something. But you're only going to know that if people actually pitch and say, look, I could talk about why this is important and or or X or Y or whatever it is. So those are those are just some of the ways you can kind of get in. You know, if you're talking for features, that's more like a quote. I, I would caveat that and saying just because you've spoken to a journalist about a feature they're doing doesn't mean you're guaranteed to get in. Because if you don't say anything interesting or you don't say anything that's kind of relevant to that particular angle or doesn't quite fit with how they're writing it, they're not going to include you just just because. So it's it's up to you to kind of deliver the goods when if you do manage to get some time with a journalist, it's up to you to kind of deliver the goods and say something interesting. And a way you can do that is you've got something interesting to say is, you know, if you naturally have an interesting turn of phrase, say, and you know, use that turn of phrase. I mean, one of the examples I always give is, you know, if I had two people I interviewed for an article and one person said it's really hard getting deals over the line and the other person said, trying to get deals over the line is like trying to kick a mattress up a hill. Which quote am I going to use? I'm going to use the mattress up a hill. I mean, don't force it if that's not how you speak. But if you do have a natural way with words, don't be afraid to use that when you're, because it will, it'll be in your favor. If you can say something interesting in an interesting way, it, it's going to, it's going to increase your chances. I'm a massive fan of the kindness economy and talking about people, planets and profits. When it comes to industry magazines industry content it's all very much about business how much how can we bring more people into what we do in terms of content in, ter in terms of the content without it turning into a you know a local pta newsletter you know here's what i've been doing how can we bring more or, or is it is it appropriate or not i don't know i just think yeah, there's, we need to get more, because that's we're in the business of people, although it's the built yeah, environment, yeah, yeah. we're in yeah. the business of people. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think particularly in B2B, there seems to be this fear of the people side and 
a lot of the content that goes out is very corporate. And you see it on LinkedIn with you get like the LinkedIn police that going, oh, this isn't Facebook. But actually, if you can bring yourself, bring some personality and bring some personal experience in it, it will really elevate your content. And I, you know, I don't subscribe to the view that there isn't a place for it because we do business with people. You know, you do business with people that you know, like, and trust. And the way you get to know, like, and trust them is not by just talking about business. It's talking about all sorts of things. It's talking, you know, when you go to a networking event or a meeting, you talk about what the journey was like. And I'm not saying write on LinkedIn every day about what your journey was like, but the point being that our personal experience is important. And going back to what we were talking about earlier when we were talking about asking questions, you can get, you know, you can show your personal side by asking particular questions. Get involved in conversations that aren't just about the business, but are about working and working life and life and work-life balance and that kind of stuff. And I think it's really, really important. We're seeing it more and more. Another way I think you can be yourself and bring more personality and bring more life is write how you speak. I mean, not word for word, but use the language that you use when you're talking to someone. There seems to be this thing that if you're writing in a sort of business capacity that you have to use fancy schmancy words and you have to say utilize instead of use and you have to say facilitate and use all these words that you would never, ever, ever use if you were just having a chat with somebody. Because I think the more natural you can sound, the more like you you can sound, it's better It's better for business because people feel like they know you. It makes you more approachable. I'm a huge advocate for, you know, being yourself in your content. And whether that's like LinkedIn posts, tweets, or if you're writing content, coming back to what I was saying about getting quoted and having a particular turn of phrase, if you're writing a thought leader piece, don't be afraid to put that turn of phrase that you always use into your piece. Don't be afraid to use a personal anecdote to illustrate a particular point. I wrote a piece for a a client. I actually interviewed one my client's client for a piece and it was about climate change and environment. And during the conversation, they mentioned that they've been walking down the road with their six-year-old and their six-year-old's friend. And their six-year-old had commented on how early the blossom was coming. And I used that as the opening to the piece because it was a personal story, but it perfectly illustrated the point about how the younger generation are noticing these changes and stuff. You know, it has to be kind of relevant, but you can bring in these little personal stories and anecdotes if they illustrate a point and just make it, which just makes content more human makes it more readable and it will completely elevate your content above a lot of what's out there because not many people and not many people are actually doing that at the moment. A lot of it is still stuck in this. We've got to write in a corporate way. We've got to sound professional, whatever prof- sounding professional means. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> you know I, know what exa- I, mean? I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> There's a chap that I follow on LinkedIn and he literally writes like he's, he talks, <laughs> like he speaks. And that includes swear words. <laughs> And he, he wrote something the other day and it, I can't remember what it was. And then, but he was laughing at himself and he wrote, ha ha. <laughs> and I remember reading it thinking, I'm ever so slightly, Twitch was going, ever so slightly irritated, <laughs> you know, at the way he'd written, but it made it, it was human. And if he uses bad language <laughs> or choice language rather, if he, you know, writes like that, that's fine. I don't have to follow him. We get to choose who's in our in our feed for those kind of things. But there's almost these extremes, isn't it? You can go too corporate, so you're so 
unpersonal and or you can go the other way and you arguably lose a bit of credibility because whatever he was saying valuation something or other I can't remember what it was and I just thought oh swear word oh you know the grammar oh the but then, but then you shouldn't write for everybody Absolutely, because you're never yeah. going to please everybody not everybody is going to like you not everybody is going to want to work with you it you know nobody is universally likable so if you're trying to please everybody you're never going to please anybody so you might as well be more like yourself. I mean, the best thing anyone said to me, I, you know, we were talking about having a conversation about kind of tone of voice. And I said, you know, do I sound like me? Because they've met me in real life. and said, do I sound like me when I write on LinkedIn? And they went, yeah, absolutely. And that was the best thing anybody could say. And it took me a long time to get confident enough to sort of be, it's a, it's a hackneyed phrase now, but be my authentic self. It took a long time to kind of get to that point. But the bonus about it is it's much easier to write if you're being yourself rather than sitting there going, what's the fancy word for this? Or how should I say this in a professional way? If you're just writing as you would talk and being authentic, it's so much, so much easier. And you're right, you know, you know, you're not going to appeal to everybody. There's um, there's somebody that I follow on LinkedIn that is just writes. I mean, they're very, very funny and they just write sort of funny comments all the time and it's just brilliant and I just love their posts and they're just always like one or two sentences but they're always hilarious and they're they're from Liverpool and they use all the colloquialisms and all the the words you know that you know you would expect somebody to use in you know a scouser to use and I love that because it's their voice and you feel like you really know them because they're writing like they speak so you know there are degrees and it, it takes it takes a while to get comfortable with it and you know if I, you know, I, I do like in real life, I have been known to swear on occasions, but I wouldn't swear on LinkedIn, but then I know other people that do and they're, you know, it's part of their natural and they're of the view. Well, if you don't like it, then, then you're not, well, that's fine. Just scroll on, just scroll on, you know, because everybody's different, you know, and some people like sweary people and um, some people, some people And that's don't. the thing, you have a choice. You have absolutely, a choice. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. I mean, the key is you're not going to please everybody and you shouldn't try and be, and please everybody. Um, but it is remembering who you're writing for. It's yeah. not a personal journal. You know, you're writing to somebody. Yeah, absolutely. But then that, you know, that is, how would you talk to them? If you're, if you've got your ideal audience in mind, how would you talk to them if you met them in real life? And if you're not writing like that, then it's almost you're doing a disservice because you're being someone different. And if they meet you in real life and you're very different to how you are online, it's not, it's kind of, do you know what I mean? And I think, you know, if I was meeting, even if it was a Zoom conversation, I was chatting to somebody via Zoom for the first time, how would I talk to them? That's how I talk on, that's how I talk on LinkedIn. I'm, you know, probably not going to talk on LinkedIn in exactly the same way I talk to my mates, which might be a little bit sweary. But, you know, I will, you know, I, so it, it's degrees of that, you know, and it's, it's how. It, yeah, it's it's pitching it right, but trying to be human at the same time. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Not, not giving absolutely. yourself an avid day of yeah. stress. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. I'd really appreciate it if you could rate, review and follow the podcast. If you want to get started online and improve your visibility, then check out my next Surveyors Get Visible training and learn how to create engaging content that gets you noticed by the right people.